when it comes to the mockumentary style of shooting, it's a very, actually pretty easy to emulate style of shooting. We got a lot of compliments on this. I think, first of all, because it was our people in it. So they find this stuff really funny because they know these people and their personalities. It's like there were times where the, the whole sanctuary was filled with laughter because they just thought it was, they thought it was hilarious. So the personal aspect of this is also what makes this kind of video idea so fun. All right, so in this video, we're gonna actually take a look at and break down a video project that we worked on for our church, a video that we actually took and turned into bumper videos for a sermon series. And with me today to kind of break down this whole thing uh, is Chris Yarber. You kind of came up with the idea, honestly, of doing some kind of mockumentary style um, video for this Christmas series. And I thought it was a good idea, but I was like, okay, well, let's see let's see how well we can pull this off. Yeah, the idea really started by our lead pastor here at our church coming to us and saying, I want to do an awkward family Christmas. That was going to be the name of the sermon series. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes he'll come to us and he'll ask, can you find or create a bumper video? And that's when we began thinking, okay, what if we, we couldn't find anything out there on this particular subject? So what if we just created an awkward family Christmas? Right. And for quite a while, I've been listening uh, to podcast and reading articles and doing some research on uh, The Office, Parks and Rec, Modern Family, all of those kind of fit in that mock doc style. And so I thought, I, I just couldn't think of a, of a style that would, that could show a more awkward family Christmas and be funnier, you know, uh, than that. And so as we're going to get in today, as you just mentioned, there's a lot of benefits to shooting in that kind of style. Right. We got a lot of compliments on this. I think, first of all, because it was our people in it and our, our people here at the church, you know, know these people, connect with these people. So they find this stuff really funny because they know these people and right. their personalities. Uh, but then also, you know, they complimented us on it, even though we walked away thinking, man, I wish we would have done this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And so making this personal for you, you know, even if you wanted to take uh, this same script in the same shooting style, but using your people and using kind of like inside jokes, you know, that you have right. with your group can make it really personal. Yeah, and I think that's a lot of the reason that this video turned out as well as it did is that, you know, you might be watching this and you might honestly not think it's that funny. Right. You know, you might not think it's that funny. You might not think it's that enjoyable. Obviously, we are not, you know, we're not we're not the best writers, you yeah. know. We're not the best producers. We're not the best uh, DPs, you know, yeah. out there, um, you know. But we're doing this, and the way using church members and stuff, it does connect in a way. People laughed. Like there were times where the the whole sanctuary was filled with laughter um, because they just thought it was they thought it was hilarious. Right. So, um, you know, the personal aspect of this is also what makes this kind of video idea so fun. Right, I think. Right. Um, and the family aspect of it too, when he came and said, let's, let's do an awkward family Christmas sermon series. Um, I thought of course, for the bumper, you know, we could create an awkward family because one, that's so easy. And secondly, even for people who were visiting 
or were guests on a Sunday and don't know the people there in the scenes, um, I think you know you may laugh at part uh, some parts and you may not. It just depends all what you connect with. Since this is a family, everyone has some sort of family, whether that family is dysfunctional, together, kind of separate, whatever it may look like. We can all kind of connect mm-hmm. with these more awkward moments because most of us have experienced ones like that. Right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to. Uh, we're gonna kind of just cover a couple of the like you know, pre-production process, you know, things of like who, the what, the how, you know, gear, things like that. So let's go ahead and start off with uh, the crew. Yes. Just like who is working behind the scenes, who is the entire crew, and then also like, you know, maybe a quick rundown of the cast and stuff like that. I'll just make this easy for you. It was one, two, and one other guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was me and you, Zach, and a, a friend that we have named Lane. And you and Lane kind of worked together on the lighting, and uh, you were the director of photography, the camera operator, all of that. And and then I, for the most part, stood off and supervised the script and looked after and listened, paid attention to the acting and to mm-hmm. what people were saying right. or, or the improv choices that they made. And so it was really just... Us three, which Mm -hmm. made it work for such a small space. And you'll see in these videos, we mostly just utilized one space. But that was enough because we also had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cast members. So for gear, we actually kept it pretty simple. We didn't rent anything. You know, we didn't go out and buy something specifically for this. So we just used what we had, what the church had um, for this uh, video. And so for a camera, kind of surprising actually, uh, the Sony a6400 is the camera that we used. Um, and really not the one I would recommend for uh, a video like this, but it did the job. And honestly, if I didn't tell you that, you probably wouldn't have even guessed that that was the camera that we used. I'll tell you a couple of actually downsides of using this camera. One, there's no in-body stabilization. So anything uh, that you would have as far as stabilization would come from the lens. And actually, the lens that I used didn't have any stabilization either. So no stabilization at all. And another reason that this camera probably isn't a good option for this is the rolling shutter, uh, which if you're not familiar what rolling shutter is, basically it's when you pan a camera and the lines don't say straight. So when you pan a camera, it kind of shifts. The lines don't say straight up and down. And those A6000 line of cameras have a lot of rolling shutter. Um, Some of the higher, more expensive Sony cameras uh, don't have that issue, but um, these ones do. So that was also kind of about, you know, you're whipping the camera around and, you know, the rolling shutter is an issue. And I can show some B-roll of that, of, you know, kind of rolling shutter um, for those who might not be familiar with it. But still, even with that, I think we were able to get a pretty good product um, out of this camera. Now, I just recently upgraded cameras, so now I have the Sony a7 IV, and if I had that camera when we shot this video, I would've used that camera. So, right. um, But at the time, that was just the the camera we had. I actually could've used a, uh, a Blackmagic Pocket 6K Pro, Yes. but I actually decided not to use the 6K Pro and instead use the Sony X6400, even with those downsides, basically. And here's here's something I just thought about, if um, yeah. if I can. One good thing about this do- mock documentary style with using a camera that maybe you wish, maybe you wish you could have used a, a better looking camera. And for any anyone else out there watching this and going, "Gosh, we can't film something like this. We don't have you know that good of a camera." Really. 
since it is since you since the style of the video is you're stepping into someone's home watching mm-hmm. a documentary, it can be a little lesser quality, and that would actually give it more of a I'm at their house kind of feeling, you right. know, because people kind of get this euphoric sense anyway from watching old videos and being in somebody's home. And so if you don't necessarily even have this Sony camera that we're talking about, um, or maybe you have a camera that does have some downsides when it comes to shooting this kind of film, again, this style lends itself to, it can be a little lesser quality and people still find enjoyment in it. Right, right. Because there are more important aspects to getting a good story out of a a video like this uh, than just image quality. And that's part of the reason that I went with the A6400 instead of the Pocket 6K Pro. Um, Partly, I didn't need the image quality that I got from the 6K Pro. Another thing too, is that with just being handheld and being able to move around very quickly, I wanted... um, kind of better control over the camera for me i've never had a i've never had a good time like doing handheld stuff with um the the pocket cinema cameras and it's just kind of a it might be just a me thing but if you give me like the a6400 and you let me shoot handheld with no stabilization and then you give me the pocket camera with no, with handheld and no stabilization I'm going to be able to get smoother shots with the Sony camera for some reason. And it, and it doesn't even really make sense because the heavier, like the, the heavier the camera, really the easier it is to get smooth footage because it kind of weighs it down in your hand. And uh, yeah, so but I don't know. I'm just more comfortable with those cameras. I knew for being able to whip around fast. And then the other feature that kind of pushed it over the edge for making me choose the Sony camera instead of the pocket camera was uh, the autofocus. Um, because me like with that setup, I'm not going to be able to whip, zoom, and focus all at the same time. So I kind of needed the autofocus to kind of step up and uh, and do a little bit for me there. And as you can see in the video, sometimes the autofocus was good, but as you'll see in the video, sometimes it kind of failed me a little bit. And right. you know, it's it's all right. Like it's really not that big a deal for this kind of video. But anyway, moving on to lens choice now. We shot with the Sigma 24 to 70 f 2.8 lens, and that was a good enough wide angle um you know it's not as tight it's not like as far of a zoom as you would get on like the office or something like that because they'll probably zoom from like 18 millimeters to like 200 or something Mm -hmm. you know what i mean or some kind of range in there they have a long reach with those cameras that they use you know you see them go wide enough that you can get like michael and a couple other people like full body yeah and then zoom all the way across the room to get someone's face so um you know it's not that drastic of a zoom lens but, uh, but it was a zoom enough that you could do a lot of those uh, documentary style um, shoots and be able to mimic a lot of those uh, camera movements and zooms. Then when it comes to audio, uh, for a shotgun mic, we just use the Rode NTG2, uh, which is just a shotgun mic that I've had for years now. It's worked well. Um, and then we just plug that into a Tascam uh, recorder, like a two-track uh, recorder, and that was what the boom operator was using. Then for lav mics, we actually had four lav mics, and we had the main four uh, actors basically laved up, um, and most of the audio actually came from those lav mics uh, because it was just cleaner audio for each person. When I could mix in the boom audio, I would, um, and there were some people that weren't labbed up so i had to use that boom audio um but i honestly ended up using a lot of the lab audio just because that individual their voice came through just a lot clearer there um but it was definitely good to have both if we did one or the other the video probably wouldn't be as good as it is um because that audio you know we were talking about the lighting is not as important for this kind of shoot but the audio is severely important i was just about to say that the audio if if you're even if you're color quality, your camera quality 
is is not great. If your audio is good, you're going to be fine. Right. So yes, we definitely took the time to focus right. on audio. Yeah, and another thing too, you know, the audio has to be good because if you play a video on your phone, um, you know, and the audio's not great, um, you know, it's going to like your phone speakers are not fantastic themselves. So they're going to kind of smooth that over. Like it's not going to be as bad to watch a video with bad. But if you take that same video that has bad audio and you play it on the loudspeakers uh, at church um, throughout the entire sanctuary, any any bad thing that, is, that like any bad like problem that you have in your audio is going to be amplified yes. in that room. Yeah, and so, and so uh, that that's why we make sure to test just about every video that we're going to play in a sanctuary. And we did that; mm-hmm. uh, you did that each week. He would he would do uh, most of the editing and then export it just to test it in the sanctuary. So make sure that you do that, even if you do have uh, a lot of these same. Yeah, because I've I've I had a video and I played it on my phone. I'm like, oh, this sounds great, looks great, sounds great. And then I go play it in the sanctuary, and I'm like, oh, the sound is off like you know what i mean and you have to you have to make sure that you know you have clean enough audio and uh, to be able to work well in in an environment like that especially a sanctuary Uh, you play those videos like the audio has to be pretty crisp or uh, people are going to notice all right so now that we've covered a lot of the pre-production kind of process for this video let's go ahead and take a look at each kind of a bumper video that we created for the sermon series one at a time and, uh, and then just kind of break down the stuff that's happening in those scenes, kind of give a little commentary, um, things that were maybe difficult about that scene or certain aspects of that scene that was different from the last. So right out of the gate with this first scene, uh, it was really actually the most difficult one to shoot. Yeah. And um, the main reason being is that everyone is just in this hallway coming through this door. The audio, uh, you know, as far there's a lot of ambient audio that needs to get picked up, you know, from people walking in, the doors opening. Um, so mixing all that audio was uh, tough. And then when it comes down to it, it's still just one camera angle. So we had to shoot that multiple times and then get different, try and get different angles in this tight little hallway, basically, yeah. and uh, and then create that, turn that, cut that up into a cohesive piece that feels like multiple camera angles of the exact same. Yes. Scene. Yeah, this scene took uh, the most time to uh, act out, mm-hmm. to walk through, I should say. It took the most time to shoot. It took the most takes than any other scene. And we decided it's important to establish all the actors coming in, not only so that you can see their faces, but you start to get a glimpse of their personalities as well. Because that's right. what you want to do, start right off at the beginning. And it also makes you feel like you know, you're starting with them at this, what's going to be a really awkward family Christmas, mm-hmm. some really awkward, tense things are going to go on. And it makes you feel like you're right a part of the action, starting off, going in, walking in, you're walking in with them. Like, I love that angle that uh, you shot where you're outside following mm-hmm. them in. Um, I love that. And you start to see some of their personalities. You get to see those who are a little bit more connected, those at the beginning who are a little disconnected. But if anyone decides to write uh, um, any kind of bumper or production like this, just know if if you're writing a lot of stage instruction and that stage instruction requires a lot of movement, it's going to be tougher to shoot. So the more movement you write, Right. The harder it's going to be. And I'll just mention at the very beginning of this, what we typically did, 
um, for crew and for the actors is we did one walkthrough with the script of each scene. They came with this with the scenes already memorized. Scripts we, in their hand. Scripts though. in their hand though, mm-hmm. and we kind of talked out each scene beforehand without without the actors. But then the actors and the crew walked through a scene mm-hmm. one time. Then we did it without a script. Then we did it without a script again. And then typically the third or fourth time shooting a scene, depending on how the other shoots went, they could add some improv and stuff like that if they wanted to. So that's right. generally how it went. Gabe's last talking head, I'll mention uh, specifically, um, you're going to see that talking head sets up all the rest of the bumper videos that we had. You're going to see all those things he mentioned in that talking head come to life. Right. And and that kind of provided for me as a writer and, and thinking through this an outline mm-hmm. of and that's where that's where I started. I mean that's right. where all you know good writing starts is with is with clear with a clear outline. Mm-hmm. And so I, I outlined what I wanted to see in this video and I just had him mm-hmm. talk that outline out. Right. Right. So. Yeah, no, that was a good way to do it. You opened up plot points basically, yep. and then all of those were resolved in one way or another throughout the rest of the throughout the rest of the video. Yes. Yeah, so I think that was a pretty thorough uh, look at the first kind of bumper video that we made uh, from this video. Let's go ahead and move on to the second bumper video. One of my favorite parts about this particular video was the reactions. Mm-hmm. Some some reactions are planned again between each scene we would take a break and they would look over their scripts and then I would go to particular people and I would mention hey this line here when this person says this line you react how you would normally react or or react with this face and it's pretty much getting them the actors in the habit of thinking okay this is a documentary so you know you just like we react in real life in real life all the time don't just sit there like this when you don't have a line, you know, actually react to what people are saying because that's what we do in real life. Right. And And that's what makes shows like the office and parks and rec and stuff. So great is, is based on the reactions from other people. They're always reacting to what's going on in the room. It's not, I say my line and then once I'm done, I'm just like waiting until my next line. It's been a little while since we've watched that scene Mm -hmm. and we were just reminded while we were watching that of how funny the reactions Mm -hmm. were from every from every age, I even love right. uh, Bowden was the boy that you saw in that, and that he's just like, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, face it's palm, just, yeah, uh, yeah face palm. So it was great. The reaction, yeah, I mean, and they that was on, you know, the 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 cast, you know, people, yes. the people who are in the in the video, um, they did and a that great was on job. You at, to get there right, as well, finding so. those and kind of picking those out, and honestly, sometimes kind of turning to people, hoping that they have a good reaction and just kind of seeing how it goes. You know what I mean? Because there were times where I probably panned over to someone, got a shot of them, and they didn't really have the expression I was hoping for, so then we didn't end up using it in the final video. We had other other takes to use. Especially that happened a couple times, actually, in this one, where I had a shot of, uh, I had a close-up shot of Jay, and then I could just pan slightly and zoom in, and then I got a shot of Gabe. And yeah. so um, being able to jump back and forth between those two, again, getting angles that allow me to get different shots of people fairly quickly yeah. um, is also uh, you know, a very important thing uh, to be able to do. And another thing that I wanted to point out about this scene is the intro. So right there at the beginning, you kind of had this written down, and this wasn't really anything that was super planned out, but just we wanted people to act naturally, like they're handing out gifts, you know, they're talking, they're looking at their phone, just normal things going on in the room. And I just filmed a couple... Uh, shots of that 
make sure to pick up some audio of that as well. That was another big thing. And then just splice that together. And it kind of, the way that, I really like how that scene opened up, you know, uh, with that intro. Um, because it just kind of gives you, without anyone saying anything really, without any particular planned dialogue, no script at that point, uh, it just gives you a very nice um, opening into, uh, you know, what's happening right yeah. now. It kind of, it kind of uh, opens you up to what's going on, like, uh, just very well, I thought. Yeah. And we didn't have any written dialogue for them to say any particular thing. We actually told them to talk mm-hmm. to each other a little bit or not to talk to each other a little bit, like you saw with Jay and Gabe being right. on their phone. And and so um, I, I felt like that was important because it just it's setting the scene and it also makes it feel like you're sitting there with them. Just like at first you're rushing in with them to say uh-huh. hello to everyone. You're just sitting there and now They've settled down. this is starting. But you also very quickly get to see how quickly it unravels uh-huh. as well. It doesn't right. take very long for these people right. uh, to get on each other's nerves. Mm-hmm. And that was also right. part of the intro as as well. Right. So for the mockumentary style, you kind of are like, it does feel like you're that documentary crew just kind of waiting for something to happen. You know, you hit, nothing's kind of really, ever since people were walking in, you know, they're kind of getting settled. They're handing out presents. They're talking, but nothing really, ha- nothing has happened yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like they're just kind of, you know, sitting there, but just talking. And, and it doesn't even really matter when it talks to the dialogue. They were just talking about random stuff, yeah. you know, but but the way that you mix it also, too, when it comes down to editing, when you mix it in, you want that audio to be audible that you know someone's talking, but it's actually mixed not loud enough to actually understand what they're saying for the most part. Right. Um, and so, you know, um, but yeah, anyway, I just really like that intro and I thought that was something uh, worth highlighting. All right, so now let's take a look at bumper three. So coming off of the third bumper here, the first thing that I think about after watching this is uh, this is probably the bumper that had the most amount of improv from everyone uh, across the board. There was some improv in the in the maybe the other ones and maybe this upcoming bumper, uh, but this one had the most improv uh, out of any of the other bumper videos that we made. Yeah, and I would I would say listen listen to your actors and allow your actors really to be producers alongside of you. Not only does it build a sense of community and and that, and they become more invested when you listen to their voice, when they come up to you and have an idea either for a scene or for improv, because they're going to read the script and they're translating what you write and they're thinking, uh, okay, how, how can I make this seem real or that this is something that I would you know, really say right. what kind of energy do I need to put behind this or how to, and, and how does this translate throughout the scene? And so the improv idea that was, that came to us was those scenes where you saw a Jay in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, he came and had that idea. That was not my idea. That wasn't your idea. Right. No. Nope. And so it wasn't any of us behind the camera. It was actually them. And it turned out to be one of the favorite, you know, one of the crowd's favorite scenes was right. people would come up to us and be like, oh my gosh, that, that bath, those bathroom cuts uh-huh. were just hilarious. So, you know, listen to your actors and allow them to have some input. Well, and that's the same thing you hear from a lot of the writers on Parks and Rec and The Office and stuff is that some of the funniest moments were improv scenes, yes. you know, or and, ideas that the actors had. Right. And they allowed actors and, writers um to become directors and producers and some of the writers on those shows were also actors and so there was this real 
sense of community right um that they that they built yeah i think for that bathroom scene i jay had ideas for things that he wanted to say like maybe while he was going to the bathroom and then we were originally going to film it in like a bedroom or something but i was like if you're going to the bathroom let's just shoot it in the the bathroom bathroom. right because then i i thought about what i actually thought about was let's shoot it in the bathroom and it'll kind of feel like those bathroom scenes like on dinner party when on the office uh where they go and you know whenever in the office, whenever they go to someone else's house, they always shoot the talking head videos in the bathroom because it's like the most private place to yeah. like shoot a shoot a talking head. So I was like, let's shoot it in the bathroom. That'd be kind of funny. Yes. And then, but anything that he said was basically all improv. You yeah. know, we were kind of laughing like, hey, maybe say this. And then he just kind of run, run with it. And we right. had probably four times as much uh, you know, yes. at least of stuff that he said that we did not keep in, but yeah. that was just kind of funny stuff. And, and we we're like, hey, it kind of fits and it was funny. And so we left, so we left yeah. it in or we put it in and let the, let them continue to go on. You know, if, if they go on for five to 10 minutes with, with jokes, even if you haven't been the one to write them, you know, let right. them, let them do that. in. and sometimes that just becomes uh, some of the most gold mm-hmm. material that you have. And, um, Things that added to that, actually, to yeah. that to that bathroom scene was then just the zooming in and out. And I tried to time it with, I was listening to what he was saying and just kind of was like trying to zoom yeah. in at the at the right moment. And and a couple times I did kind of get that right moment with what he was saying and delivery to where the zoom like just felt like it kind of fit that. And, uh, and kind of even elevated, I think, the funniness of it. You know, it elevated, you know, kind of how funny it, it actually was with... So the camera was just kind of interesting. Again, what's what's cool about this style is that the camera, along with the actors and the and the movements, they all play together and actually to help with the even the comedy aspect of it. You know what yeah. I mean? The camera can be used as a comedy tool. The yes. camera can be used as an emotional tool. Right. Um, you know, and we all know that the camera, you know, like camera movements, um, things like that can can help bring out emotion, but we mostly think of that in like sad or dramatic yeah. emotions you know what i mean you think of us you know what's going to be you know evoke a sadder emotion it's like a camera like a slow zoom or slow push in or you know a tight shot on the on right. the eyes or something like that but, um, the quicks, but you don't think about camera movement also plays a role in happy and positive emotions and stuff too and portraying that you suggested if the camera is going to follow her in there she probably doesn't want to hear this mm-hmm. conversation she probably doesn't want this conversation on film and so you made it appear as if you're peeking around the corner which is something right. you suggested the day of um which was which mm-hmm. was really good yeah when i read that you kind of talking me through that scene that was kind of the first thought that kind of came to my head mm-hmm. because again i'm thinking of in the office what do they do there's often so many times where they're going to other rooms they're going to the base they're going to the uh the warehouse they're going to um but closing blinds and stuff like that where they're they really don't want to be they don't want to be heard and don't want to be seen but the camera kind of peeks around the corner they I, zoom through I, the the blinds you i know. had heard i've heard on um one of one of uh one of those podcasts that they actually sometimes would put a plant in front of the camera person to make it look like they're looking through the leaves and uh-huh. stuff even though there's not supposed to be a plant uh-huh. there i mean they would intentionally make it more difficult to see the other people right to make it seem like they're sneaking up right. on people right so and what's funny is they do it so naturally that honestly the first time or first couple times probably you watch through the show you're not going to really notice that but if you go back and you watch some of those episodes there are entire scenes that are shot through 
like doorways and yes. blinds and things like that. You know, you think about um and you only see half of them or you only see half right. their face or right. yeah. Even like even like um like Jim and Pam at the end of was it like season two when um when like I think Jim kisses Pam. Oh yes. And uh and in they're in the office and they're the only people in the office. That entire that entire scene, which is a very like big emotional th- scene, you'd think you'd want to get like as close as possible. Right. You would want to see the whole thing. All of it shot through a doorway. Maybe even two. Do they shoot through I, both doorways? Well, I think I think it's through one from the kitchen through through the doorway, which also has blinds on it mm-hmm. into them. At least that's how that scene starts yeah. off. But it, it makes you feel like you know. It almost makes you literally physically lean in with your body as mm-hmm. in I mean you can hear them well because as you heard they're mic'd up they're mic'd up but you lean in and it builds some anticipation and then your mind is wondering okay what's what's gonna and that's what right. we wanted to leave people to with each week in the in the writing and in the shooting was oh my gosh what's gonna happen next you know right. you wanted to leave a little bit of element of, of mystery um and I mean I I, I told us earlier that he's going to open another Xbox, but you don't, you know, you kind of get the sense of that, but you don't see that happen until the right. next week. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And that's another thing, you know, we, we, I see that and I want to emulate it. And of course we don't do it to the same level of mastery no. <laughs> as uh, they, as they do in those, no, we don't in spend those as scenes. much time. Yeah. But, um, but it still evokes the same kind of feeling and the, and the same kind of, um, emotion from it, you know, just kind of peeking around that corner. Um, you know, you know, and even as she turns around, I kind of pull back a little bit, yep. you know, pull back a so little bit, trying to kind of hide a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? You like, start, you start towards the back of the room and then you kind of, as she's talking and in the middle of her conversation, you're kind of moving up forward a mm-hmm. little bit more. So you go from one corner to another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it worked out really well. Yeah. And I kind of like how I, I just, you know, her backs again, her backs to us most of the time we're shooting that, you know, scene as she's talking through the door, which is she normally would if you're talking through a door to someone, you know what I mean? And it's just kind of funny. It just, it feels that very eye on fly on the wall, um, you know, type of type of shot. And again, it adds a certain kind of emotion to the, to the scene and to the, into the shot. And I got, I like I liked how that one turned out because that yeah. was another one that was not done in that room. Right. No. It was you know, not. basically a, an entire scene not done in the main room that yeah. we we're shooting in. And you want to have some variants. You want to break it up. Um, my uh, one of my favorite parts of the scene was the very end where she falls, and I just wanted to mention very briefly that um, again, this is very this is a very minor detail, but again, you have movement, and so we actually walked her through what we wanted her to do. Mm-hmm. You know, she leaned up against the door and I told her, you're not actually going to going to drop. And it's, and, and we would recommend, you know, shooting it first a couple of times, looking back on the camera to see how it looks right. to make sure that this doesn't look, you know, we didn't want it to look fake. She didn't actually move back. She actually just literally bent down mm-hmm. and pretended as if she, but she just, uh, kind of went to one knee mm-hmm. on the floor. And so for small details like that, for movement and stuff, we would recommend shooting that on the camera, watching it back, taking notes, and, right. and taking time to do that. I remember that right. took a couple of shots. Yeah, that's a good point to make, because we actually did. We recorded it, and then we went back, and we are like, how does this look? Okay, let's do this different this time. Let's try it again this way. And then we yeah. did it again, and we did it three or four times until we were like, okay, we watched it back, and we are like, yeah. This is the one we're going to use. This one, so yeah. and I love how Jay uh, found you at the end with his eyes mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's kind of like, oh gosh, you were listening that entire time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. and and so that was good too. So for, I mean, from the improv to the camera work, right. this was this it was great. a little bit like the moment, like at the very end of the office when they're like, 
they're showing things that they didn't know they filmed, like yes, that secret thing. Uh, and they were like, you've been recording the, the whole time? time? And, and they, they all, they all look, look at yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Similar things. And again, um, <laughs> you know, it's just funny. Like there's so many things you could pull from that they've done and kind of yeah. emulate it in a way that has the same effect. You know, of course, we're not doing it to the nth degree as they, as they, you know, as they do it with their whole, you know, their budget, their cameras, their, right. um, you know, how many takes they do, right. you know, to try and get the perfect take. Um, but, uh, but a lot of those, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but when it comes to the mockumentary style of shooting, it's a very, actually pretty easy to emulate style of shooting. It is. You know what I mean? If you want to shoot, uh, you don't have to have a huge budget. You don't have to have a huge crew. You don't have to have the best lighting. Um, but you can actually emulate um, what they do because the formula is very attainable to recreate um, on a smaller budget with, you know, not as nice cameras. It's a very, um, you know, it's a very great uh, formula. And when it comes to even writing the script and story and stuff like that too, it's it's easy to uh, it's easy to emulate in a yeah. way. So, and anything else that you want to talk about over this uh, this bumper right here? No, Are we no, ready no. to move on to the next one? Yeah, I think we're ready to move on. All right. All right, so that was the fourth and final week, the video that we showed uh, for the last week in this series, and we did bring some closure to it. So even if you are you know, writing something that's short and you know, is not, you know, may, it may not be 20 to 40 minutes of full, because I think all this together, was it about 12, 12 minutes? 12 minutes, yeah. If you put all this together, we did have some closure, and I think any great story when you're writing, if we're as we're thinking about writing stories, if if you can bring any kind of character development, even if it's small, and maybe no one else is really going to look at what you write or, or the film and think this, but you know that your writing has improved if you bring some, not, not necessarily some closure, but some development to mm -hmm. people um, emotionally or socially. Um, one thing that I thought of there at the end as I was reminded that Gabe had one of the final lines, you know, and he's someone who has been quite disconnected throughout all of these videos. And so there, there he is at the end. Yes, he's still holding his phone, but he's, he's actually, you know, talking and, right. and, and communicating. So that, that is again, a very small detail, mm -hmm. but I think your writing uh, will benefit from right. bringing some development to your characters. Yeah. Even that little bit shows a little bit of character development yeah. there. And, uh, and it's very subtle, but you can, you know, you can see it. So, um, you know, there were still a couple, you know, obviously funny moments throughout this whole thing. This was actually one of the longer, uh, ones that we ended up, uh, having you know and um the first thing that i that kind of thought of is there when you know they're arguing uh back and forth and they're going back and forth you know we did that in a couple takes uh again and i got different camera angles and um you know you had a script for it but then they kind of also veered off potentially sometimes some things they said the same pretty much every time but other times they switched it up and so uh, they were kind of just riffing yeah and so that was another one that you had to be kind of like, I had to, I kind of bounce back and forth with editing that together. You know, when do I cut from this one to this one? Do I keep what they said here and take out what they said on this take, you know, and, uh, and kind of decide what I wanted to keep and what I wanted to, you know, take away. So you kind of find the best parts, piece those together and then still make a cohesive argument yes. <laughs> out of multiple takes where they don't say the, you know, they don't say everything the same way each time. Right. And most of that, 
uh, ending rift of Anita just is uh, just going off on on Gabe. A lot of that was written, but we also let her continue to go. And eventually, I just yelled, "Cut!" You know, when it had gone long enough, or when she seemed to come to a natural place. And and that's a little more difficult to edit when people don't stick exactly to script or they. Uh, do improv that is sometimes a little bit more difficult because you you may like how how it sounds but um it just you know just fitting all those pieces together you know another thing uh that i thought was kind of worth pointing out something again the office does regularly fairly often um that we kind of again copied here is giving the audience as in we the viewers watching the documentary um visual context clues that let you in on information that even the people that they're filming don't even know, you know, oftentimes. So in that situation, it was when Jay said, hey, let me go to the bathroom and check on, uh, or sorry, not go to the bathroom. Let me go check on Callie. Callie. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then he goes and runs up down the hall and then he goes into another room while she's coming out of the bathroom. And of course, we staged that. Um, so you, so you, the audience, us watching the you know mockumentary, the documentary, can can know that he actually did not go and check on her. He was going to do something else, which was get a game to wrap yeah, up. Get a game whatever. to wrap a gift to to make it seem like he was he was wrapping wrapping a gift. And he he almost gets away with it. But it's funny that Callie says when she comes back in the room, someone asks her where where did Jay go? Mm-hmm. And she's like, what do you mean? And he, and then he quickly, he quickly comes in. So for a short right. period of time, your mind's just like, oh, right. You know. But, and again, that's another thing that they do in the office they do. All, all the time. You know, you see the camera kind of pans over and like in the corner, there's something going on that no one else Maybe sees. Maybe no one else notices. Yeah. yeah so and that, and that, it does add a little bit of, of drama to it that the camera is catching things. And that's, why the camera really has a personality of its own. You spoke earlier about the emotion right. that a camera adds, and it also has its own kind of personality. It's mm-hmm. catching things, it's seeing things. It's really the it's really the narrator to the mock documentary style. Um, it's 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 not saying things, but it's seeing things and pointing things out right. by looking at it that no one else has seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, that's just another thing that makes this like style of shooting just kind of fun you know what yep. i mean again just get, just uh something that you don't really do with other types of shooting you know yep. other types of uh, storytelling you know right all right so that pretty much wraps it up for this final bumper video the last part of this video that we shot um moving on i want to talk about a couple other things that we did uh with this video is one we created an intro sequence similar to like the office and then we also created um just a short credit to go at the end of the video for the final full video with every single scene, every single kind of uh, portion of the video all into you know one video, kind of like a mini episode, if you will. Uh, we included the cold open, basically, yep. as all of them walking in, and then we cut to the- Opening credits. The opening credits, mm-hmm, yeah, and then and then did the rest of the video and then end credits. So we yeah. kind of had a feel, the final video, uh, which we can link that um, below or somewhere else. Um, if someone wants to watch the whole thing in its entirety, um, we linked the whole thing together and it kind of had a feel of an actual episode of like The Office or Parks and Rec or something like that. Right, yeah, and the the very last thing I, I think that we wanna talk about now that we've kind of covered the entire episode is exactly what we did after we wrapped this up and, and celebrated and put it at, put it on you know the full video on YouTube and Facebook was we sat down and talked about things that we would do differently mm-hmm. so what's 
what's some things that you looking back would do differently? You know, another thing we had thought about too, and I think we mentioned at one point, um, was just getting a dedicated monitor for the director, uh, Chris, to be able to look at and watch as the scene is progressing, be able to see it, watch it in real time, um, which we... Uh, which we could do. Um, we just didn't honestly didn't even no, think didn't about even it. Think about it. And, and that would have helped whoever the director is going to be. That's going to help them. Um, you can spend more time directing the actors because you're seeing them on that monitor rather than just directing the crew. Because I found myself a lot of times concerned about like you and Lane and watching that, but Sometimes I wish I would have paid a little bit more attention to the actors. And because we only had us three, one other thing I was doing was supervising the script, which right. if if there was one other thing that I could change, it's how many people we would have had. I probably would have brought three or four more people, a script super, supervisor, someone to control the marker to write down what scene and take were on, um, someone else also um, to... Uh, again, just some, maybe one other person for sound or lighting. And so there were, would have been some other people that, uh, so that I could have concentrated a little bit more probably on the actors. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, because I, I remember a lot of direction that us crew members talked about. Uh, but sometimes it was hard, especially with eight people, nine people in a room, um, to talk to the different actors. But I think those things would have maybe helped control that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But, Still turned out okay. The last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to things that we would do differently next time, uh, especially if we do another kind of office spoof, um, is I wish we had an ending monologue. And I mentioned that to you when I was, especially when I was editing, um, editing that, I was thinking, man, I was like, I feel like it wrapped up still pretty well. um, But if I I feel like the ending was a little almost abrupt in some ways, and I feel like a lot of the episodes of The Office, especially in like season two and three, when they were really starting to figure out their groove, yes. is most, if you go back, most of those episodes end in a uh, Michael Scott monologue. Yes. And some of those are the best monologues in they the are. show even. It's really the cherry, the cherry on mm-hmm. top because we could have extended, and we talked about even what if we shot in any, like what if we went back to the house brought cameras and lights and shot, wrote one and shot in any monologue. I think you and I yeah. almost almost said, should should we do that? We thought about it. For, for time, we weren't able to. But that really would have been just something that a voice could have been talking as you would have seen them still continuing to unwrap gifts, right. spend time together, something that just would have kind of rounded it out right. um, because it, it, was, it did kind of fade off rather quickly at the right. end. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think that would have tied everything together very nicely, yep. and that would have just uh, elevated that just even a little bit more. You know, I think about I think about the episode where uh, Dwight and Michael go fight at that like Taekwondo studio. Um, I think it's like yes. in season two. Yes, and uh, and then uh, you know obviously Dwight's upset because Michael like beat him or whatever, and uh, and then he brings him into the the conference room and he's like, "That was a test. You passed." You know, and he's like, I am promoting you from assistant to the regional manager to assistant regional manager. And Dwight's excited. And then there is B-roll of him uh, painting out the to the yes, uh-huh. uh, yes. On, on his business cards right. and it, like doing things like that. And then Michael is monologuing and he said, um, you know, I <laughs> he's monologuing and he says, um, you know, I showed Dwight that. There is honor in losing, which we know is totally ridiculous. It, it's 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 funny. Like you can mm-hmm. make that any mon- on a monologue, both comical, right. But 
packed with emotion at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and that just leaves the show. I, I feel like this did leave on a rather high note because everyone seems happy, but I feel like that would have wrapped it up um, quite nicely. And so, but that's one of the reasons why we put this video together uh, and did this for you all. So I'm so glad that you had this idea to talk this out in length because now you can look at this and say, okay, we would like to do something like this and how can we make it better? Right, right, yeah. And this is, you know, us coming from this experience and having never done this before, now and saying, hey, these are the things we would do differently. Here's what we like that we did. Here's what we would do differently. And, you know, you're gonna be able to, you know, take that if you do something similar to this and then use that to your advantage uh, going in with knowledge that uh, that you wouldn't have had unless you had an experience like this. So yeah. um, hopefully this is helpful. Hopefully this is beneficial to you. But yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Is there anything else that you'd like to add that you'd like to uh, to share? No, there's not. No, there's nothing else um, that I would like to add. I'll just end by saying again, have a great time with it, learn a lot, and and hopefully this video helps you if your church decides to do something like this. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think that about wraps it up for us here. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Hopefully you got some value from it. Uh, if you have any other questions, please leave them in the comments below. And this is just actually a short snippet of our entire conversation. If you wanna see the entire breakdown of this bumper video series, uh, this short, this office mockumentary, then you can check it out inside of Church Video Made Simple, which is a full-length training course designed to take church leaders and teach them everything they need to know about shooting video with a DSLR or mirrorless camera. It takes someone who maybe has no or little experience shooting cameras and turns them into someone who knows how to use their camera, how their settings affect their image, and how to get great looking results out of your camera. And that goes for shooting mockumentary style videos, that goes for live live streaming, or just shooting any kind of testimonial or other videos around your church. It's specifically designed for church leaders who are looking to elevate their video skills so they can actually use video more effectively for their church. So if you're interested in checking that out, the link will be in the description below. There's also a discount code, so make sure to utilize that if you decide on joining. Uh, Anyway, with that being said, thanks for watching. I appreciate it. I'll see you guys in the next video.